This is the Horse Radio Network. This is Lesson 32 of the Equine Clicker 101 podcast on Horse Radio Network. From Liberty to Under Tag. Equine Clicker 101 is a podcast that takes you to the class to learn and practice clicker training for your horse. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. They are Via Nova Training and Cavalier Feed. Shauna Karish, and in today's episode, what we are going to do is we're going to learn how to go from working at liberty to introducing tech and, and going under saddle or, or lunging or all the things that require equipment. We want to do things at liberty to be sure they have it and understand it, but we also need to know how do we take it to, to utilizing equipment. So that's what we're going to talk about. And use some good ways to do that. And we will practice it even with our horses. One of the things that people ask all the time is they ask, where do I get clickers? Where do I get targets? Where do I get side buckets? Where could I get your book or more videos or whatever it might be? And you can go to my website. My website is www.on-target-training.com. But also you can go to Nova training center. Speaking of Vianova, I want to tell you a little bit more about what Vianova is. So Vianova is the place where I live and, and work and have horses. So it is a positive reinforcement training facility that was started just a couple years ago. And we do workshops there and we have a crew of people that are really dedicated to helping people to learn how to do positive reinforcement, how to do it correctly, how to avoid some of the pitfalls that people can fall into. And and it's a place where you can come and take intensive week-long courses in Santa Fe, New Mexico, which is actually quite beautiful. It's a lovely place and it is, it's great. And we've just built a brand new training center or learning center. And it is really something. So if you want to learn more about positive reinforcement, if you want to go deeper and learn more, that's a place to go is to Via Nova training. We also do some where we're out on the road and hitting the roads, going to horse shows, horse shows and stuff, but we're really focusing our education on coming to our learning center at Via Nova in, in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So really come out and see us. Okay, you guys, this is a big topic, I think. I mean, we all think about working with our horses, wanting them to enjoy what we do, but we also, for a lot of us, we do want to ride or we do want to, you know, do things that involve equipment with our horses. And frankly, we need equipment for our horses in a lot of situations just to be safe, as well as for an added degree of communication. But you may know, and if you don't, I'm going to reiterate, that I love to train everything I possibly can at Liberty first. If I want to shoulder in, I want to teach it at Liberty. If I want them to stand quietly for the farrier, I want to teach it at Liberty. If I want to, you know, everything, I, w- I want leading first to be at Liberty. I want uh, the, going in a nice canter first at Liberty. So I want all these things at, at Liberty. So we talk about a number of ways to to do these things. You know, there's exercises all over the place that I've done even in this podcast about, you know, getting things started. But why I like to do them at Liberty is because if I'm doing it at Liberty, it one shows me the horse understands what I'm asking of them. 
So it shows me that there's a lot of clarity in what we're doing and that they're choosing to do it. They are creating it on their own. They're choosing it, choosing to do it. And I've worked it to the criteria that I want. And those two pieces are really important for me. If, and in the beginning, when we're still working on teaching the behaviors, having them at liberty gives me all the information. It tells me if, if it's too much and they just start walking away, that tells me it's too much, you know, that maybe they, they don't get it and they're feeling a little frustrated or that they, it's not worth it or it's whatever it is. It, it gives me the most information there is when we work at liberty. And so to me, it's really, really important because I want to be sure that I have a horse who enjoys it, who wants to do it, is invested, who understands it, and that there's there's no insinuation. You know, I mean, I guess the, the halter and lead rope really can represent a lot more than we even think. We think, but I'm not touching it. But just wearing it can actually have a lot more of a history than we even think. So doing things completely at Liberty is my ideal way to do things. I want to do trailer loading at Liberty. I want to do injections at Liberty. I want to do all of that stuff and know that they can do that first. But I also then want to, uh, you know, I also want to create a horse who can be a, a, a comfortable in the real world, you know? So if the vet comes and we're wanting to look at soundness and she wants to see him go at, on a lunge line, well, I need, I want to be able to go, okay, let me get a lunge line and show you how he goes. So, so how do I get to a lunge line and using that equipment and making sure he likes it and he chooses it versus kind of going heavy towards using the whip and the minimizing his choices. So I want to prepare him for some mainstream things that may arise in his world. I want him to know that he can do it. I also want to know, like, think about the earliest stages of leading. I do that with a lot of times just liberty leading. Sometimes I introduce a target with a baby horse. Even when I first put on a halter lead rope, instead of just tugging with the lead rope, I use a target, you know? So I say, don't worry about that stuff on you. We're going to focus on the the target or the positive reinforcement aspect of it. But down the road, I need him to be able to just put on a, a halter and lead rope and not think twice about it and go off with somebody else who's never done positive reinforcement. Or what if he's in the vet clinic and I can't set him up for all these things, you know, in a perfect little world. I need him to be okay when he's on his own and people are going to use equipment. But also when it comes to riding, I need to know that I have another degree of communication and that we have some safety, uh, you know, pieces in, ch in place there. So working at Liberty is ideal. I love it. It is to me, I look at that. That's the beginning. That is the Liberty work is the start. That's the beginning work. By the time we get to equipment, we should be, that behavior should be strong. The equipment should essentially be an incidental. It should not be creating the behavior or minimizing their reactions. So I don't, you know, I, I, if my horse is too fresh when I ask him to canter, well, then I need to work with that at liberty until he can choose to go at a more regulated and minding his self-control and he can practice some impulse control. So that part is really important to me. So instead of going to get a chain or, you know, hooking him up and minimizing what he can do, I would rather him show me that he can do it. And so the equipment isn't creating it. It's not lending to it. It is separate. I'm going to tell you a little story too. There was a person that it was a client. 
she had me come to her barn in Colorado because they were getting to move, getting ready to move six horses to Northern California. Now she was using positive reinforcement. She was using a target and they, but yet they were using the halter and lead rope and they were asking the horses to load on the trailer to, to get ready for this, this trip. But what they called me in for is because they said four of the horses are having a tough time still with different parts of it when two of them are actually pretty good. So I'm flown in, I come in, I, I, I watch them there, you know, you can see what is going on a bit. And then I said, okay, well, this is great, but we'll get more information. Let's really do them at Liberty. So the, the trailer was in the arena so they could be at Liberty. And I said, we'll do them one by one. So as we brought each one into the arena, we worked with them at using the target and the, just the clicker and the target. So no halter and lead rope. Well, you know what? It turned out the two good ones were actually the most hesitant ones. Those two did not want to load in a trailer, although they loaded in the trailer perfectly with the, well, what appeared to be perfectly, they, they went in the tra trailer with compliance, I'm going to say, and without any, you didn't need to go them. They went in the trailer fine with the halter and lead rope. You took it off and they actually said, no, I don't, I'm not comfortable going in the, the trailer and I don't want to. And so now some people may look at that and think, well, I don't want to hear that. But I do want to hear it. And I think you do too, actually, because you do want to know if something is stressful for them or not really a choice they would make. Well, we want to fix that. You know, we don't want to make them do something that they're not comfortable doing. We want to teach them to enjoy going in the trailer, not just to go in the trailer, but actually enjoy it. So it's not like we want to have them tolerate the trailer. We want to switch it where it's something they choose to do and like to do. So I think that that part is really important. And then with not having a halter and lead rope, I could figure out where is the part where these horses are getting stuck? Is it, is it the, the ramp? Is it when I close the divider? Is it when the truck starts? You know, there's a different parts. It gave me so much more information and using positive reinforcement. I had a way to change their attitude, to change their, their emotional state that was associated with it. So it was great. And I think it's a really important part to, to let your horse have a voice and see how they really feel about things. So it's a good example of the halter and lead rope can have a bigger association than we think while she was never hard with the halter and lead rope with them, but they did have a history and it made them not as comfortable with it. And it did make them feel like they didn't have a choice. So I think that choice is very important. In fact, it's even been, you know, some people have said choice is a primary reinforcement. It is something that all animals choose and, and find reinforcing. And it's definitely something you can see that is empowering. But I know that a lot of people don't want to hear <laughs> that their horse doesn't want to do one of the things they do. But remember, we now have a great tool to change that emotional state. So don't let that daunt you a bit. Okay, so what kind of things do we start at Liberty and then go to equipment? Well, there's a whole slew of things. One we talked about is a halter and lead rope. As a baby horse comes along, I want to teach them how to walk with me and stop with me and follow a target and to turn with a target or turn with me. And I want them to know that and choose to do it while we're at liberty. If we can do that, then I'll start to put on the halter, not even the lead rope. Just say, hey, can we do the same thing with wearing this halter? Now, for a baby horse, of course, you have to teach them to put the halter on, but I'm assuming I've done that separately, wearing the halter is one thing, but now I'm going to take it to leading. When that's going good and they're pretty much ignoring 
the halter. Then what I'll do is shift to putting on, uh, hooking up the lead rope. Now I'll always choose to use a, uh, I don't use rope halters. I tend to use the flat halters just because they're the, it's the, the pressure is dispersed, you know, so it's not quite so intense and the knots aren't sitting on nerve endings. So I, that's, I'll start with, I'll have them put it on. It's just wearing it. It's not anything that is a big deal. And then when they get the idea and we have the halter and lead rope on, I don't even, I'll just have them walk with me. So the lead rope is attached and they just lead Liberty lead like they normally do. And then what I'll start doing is applying a little bit of pressure. So I'll give them a little bit of a tug with the lead rope and then present the target immediately or walk immediately. So they, they go with the well established cue and behavior of walking towards the target or walking with the human. So when they feel that tug, they start to, it predicts the human is about to walk. So now we start to develop its power as a cue. So when I give that tug and then we walk, they pretty soon, they feel the tug and they're like, and we walk. And so we can teach it with positive reinforcement, even though it becomes a tactile cue, it is, or it has pressure involved. It's not escalating pressure. It is uh, simply a tactile cue. So that would be one thing is the halter and lead rope. Another thing is lunging when we're getting ready to wanting to lunge a horse and have them learning about how to be lunged. For me, it's not something I want to use all the time as a way to get off energy, but I do think it is important. Sometimes we're traveling and I can't turn them out. I do want to have a way that I can say, okay, we will get off some energy while we're here, or it could be something, like I said, for the vet, we need to do it. Also, we have equipment like tack for goodness sakes. That's a whole slew of equipment. So we have the halter. I mean the bridle, we have the, the bit in the bridle. If you're using a bit, we have the blankets, we have the pads, we have the, the, the saddle, we have the girth, we have boots, we have a lot of stuff that goes to be a part of that equation of going under saddle. But again, I try to, as much as I can start so they understand the basic behaviors as we move to wearing tack. I want it to be uh, more of a cue as opposed to, it's not creating the behavior. It is a cue that are well-established that we've established really at Liberty first and then move to under saddle. So a lot of times with like the reverse round pen, I use the reverse round pen and ask horses, teach them starting from Liberty leading at the side of the, the reverse round pen. And that was lesson, I think 20, two and 23. So if you want to go back and listen to that, because the reverse round pen is a great tool. And so as we teach them first to walk with us and then go on their own, I will start putting verbal cues on that. So they understand walk, trot, canter. And as I put them onto a under saddle or the lunch line, we can use those verbal cues to help bring that familiar piece, that, that consistency of, I know the verbal and, and how do we do that? So we're going to talk about how do we shift to going from liberty to under tack without having it be uh, the impetus for the behavior or having it be where it's restrictive and prohibitive. So how do we do that? So what we're going to do is we are going to go do a little exercise. Now, if you haven't done, you need to have a behavior that you have worked on that is that is a liberty behavior that would need equipment. I am going to take this with a horse named Broadway and I'm going to take the um, 
the reverse round pen from Liberty Movements and going on her own to introducing the tech. And how do I do that? How do I go about turning it into lunging and teaching her to lunge? So we're going to talk about what that looks like and how it goes. So one of the things I'm going to first tell you a little bit about how I did the the stages that I prepared her for going to the undersaddle or to going to the tack situation. So as we did the reverse round pen, so we, it, she knows a reverse round pen. She walks, trots, canners at a verbal and hose um, with verbal cues in addition to a hand cue. So I've worked very hard at the, um, and her owner, Marsh, has worked very hard at being sure that she can walk, trot, canner, and hoe with a verbal cue. And so that has been great. She's good at that. She gets it and she, she responds to that. So that's really important because we know we have that part. In addition, I also like to utilize when I say walk or trot or can, or one of the things that go means go, I raise my arm up like a person might have a dressage whip in their or a lunge whip in their hand. Now it's not been, it has not been anything except just an arm, just a hand signal. And, but the point is with that, that if I want to introduce a, uh, a lunge whip to that equation, but I don't want it to be a lunge whip as a driving force. I simply want it to be a cue for her to go because again, she may find herself in a situation where somebody else is lunging her or she's exposed to that. I mean, that's never our plan. We plan to have her here forever. But but if she does find herself in a place like that, I want to be sure that it is she sees the hand raising or even the lunge whip raising as simply a cue to start moving forward. And then we can respond off of our verbal cues. So while we haven't introduced lunge whip yet, and I don't, we're not going to do it in this lesson, but we have introduced the raised hand from the center of the circle. So from the center of the circle, we can say walk, trot, canter, and she responds. And we also use the raised hand and then the the verbal actually dictates the gate we're in. So those are the pieces we've done to help set her up for that. Now we have done the, uh, we've done the reverse round pen and we've taken, so we have a reverse round pen as the cones and we make a 20 meter circle. So it's nice and big and balanced for the horse, but we have the cones with the telescoping poles on them that we got from, um, like it's like traffic cones for less or something. No kidding. That's like .com. I mean, that's the website. But so that's where we got those traffic control kind of things. And so that's where we made a round pen. So what I have started doing is taking every other pole off and putting it on the ground so that she now she's keeping off on that circle. So there's a two traffic cones with a telescoping pole, then there's one pole on the ground, two with the telescoping pole, and then on the ground. So every other one is there. When that was good, I actually took, put all the poles on the ground and took the cones away so that she understands to go, but we're not reliant on this barrier that we have created. But I didn't take it away all at once because that'd probably be too much for her. That would be that would be, you know, some horses would go, oh yeah, I get it. No big deal. But sometimes horses go, well, 
I actually relied on those cones a lot. And now they're not there. I don't really know what to do or I'm just going to come into you. So what I did by doing every other one, I kind of had some of the barrier there, but but I kind of slowly fading it away. So then when that was going well and she seemed to respect even just the poles on the ground in between, I then went to all poles on the ground. And, and, and there are a couple points where it's a little bit, um, little muddy there where she wasn't quite sure. She thought, well, I'm not sure, but it was easy. I just kept saying, but when you're out there and I reminded her and I bridged her, I clicked her when she was out and doing her thing. So now we've got is we have just the circle, the 20 meter circle with the telescoping targets. So it is a way to be safe where the lunge line won't get caught really on anything much. You know, it may hit the poles on the ground, but that's not that big a deal. It shouldn't be so scary. And so now we're ready to introduce the equipment into this equation because we've moved some of those pieces away. So I'm taking a familiar piece so she knows what to do. And this is the circle with the, with the telescoping poles and we're going to introduce it. So that's what we're going to do today is introduce to her, her, uh, the halter lead rope and the lunge line. So you may have different things you're working on with your horse. Perhaps it is a reverse round pen and you want to go to the, um, you want to go and, and do the move to the lunging. Perhaps you have a young horse and you want to work on kind of the, the process of introducing the halter lead rope. But probably most of you are past that point, but maybe not. Or maybe you are ready to start introducing tech. So there's different things that we can do. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to talk you through this a little bit. Um, with the equipment, if one of the things we've also worked on simultaneously with Broadway as we get her towards under saddle is putting on at first a blanket, a saddle pad with just an elastic surcingle. So she kind of gets used to something being on her and can she move and can she walk with that equipment on, ignore it and just focus like she always does. And then when she was good with that, the next thing we did is we put the saddle on her and, and we'd, we'd worked on the saddle at other parts and times to be sure that she's comfortable with this tack and was desensitized to it and that it fit her well. But then what we did is we started taking it to, uh, doing sessions in it. So just where, while we do sessions and now we have done it also on the reverse round pen where she's wearing, uh, her saddle. So that is another thing that you may do, but what we're looking for her to do is not react to it, to not act any differently. We're trying to say, just ignore that, go on and do this well conditioned behavior that, you know, and we will, we'll build on that. So we've done that with her separately because that's a separate piece of equipment we are preparing her for, but that is something you might be doing with your horse. You might want to introduce a piece of tack when she would go good with her saddle on, we then would put on the bridle and, and attach the reins and, and get them connected so they couldn't fall off. And the, and, and she would go lovely with that. But now we're introducing her to another behavior and it's a behavior where tack is going to be added. And so you may want to work on introducing the tack and doing a familiar behavior. Maybe it's a reverse round pen. Maybe it is something else that's kind of up to you, but we're going to work on introducing the lunge line for, for lunging and teaching her to lunge with equipment. Okay. That seems very windy of me today. <laughs> okay. So what I want you to do is go get your stuff ready, get your horse ready, decide what you want to work on and what you want to do with that. 
and, and we'll get that stuff ready, get your equipment ready. And we will going to go to the arena, wherever you want to work with your horse, whatever it is you might want to do. And sometimes it is, I'm going to say this too. Sometimes what it is, is I've taught my horse to, you know, to be good for injections and that's all good and fine. But then moving to cross ties is a different thing. That's adding equipment in. So while we did it at Liberty, that may be another direction you go. Maybe there's something you've been working at at Liberty. Maybe it's grooming. Maybe it's injections. Maybe it's worming. But to start adding in equipment, whether it's a halter and cross ties or a halter and lead rope, but that would be another direction you could go where you're introducing equipment from behaviors taught at Liberty. Okay, so go get your stuff ready. Think about what you want to do and where you want to be. Get your food, get your side buckets, your targets, your clickers, your horse, of course. (laughs) And we will meet in a few minutes. All righty. So now here I am. I am with with Broadway. And so what I'm going to do with her first, I'm not going to go. I'm going to remind her of this exercise at Liberty that we've already done. So I want her to be thinking of this. I want her kind of in that mindset of this reverse round pen that we've been doing, but without you know, so that she's doing it, she's having success with it. And then I'll move to putting the equipment on because if I went right to equipment, it could be so distracting. She doesn't even know what we're doing. So I want her to go, oh yeah, I know what we're doing today. We're doing this. Now I don't always work on one thing, but I'm, I'm going to use the predictability of using one familiar behavior to help us raise the criteria or to change the criteria as we move to equipment. So Alrighty. So I'm going to, she's in here with me and I'm in the middle now and she's focused and that's great. And we're just walking along with the reverse round pen together. I'm just with her on the outside and a clicker and reinforcer. Okay. So that's great. All right. Broadway. Okay. She's walking. So I raised my hand and asked her to walk on and she's doing great. Clicker and going to go reinforce. So I'm running over. Her coming in could be really easy. So I made sure I get over there pretty quickly and get her reinforced. So I'm back in the middle. She's standing on this circle and we're going to walk on. Okay. So she's walking and this is great. And trot. Now she's trotting. So this is lovely. Going to have her go around a bit. And that's good. And click. And going to reinforce her. So I run over to her again. And one of the things I'm doing too, so I'm going to give her a couple handfuls because I want her to know this is really good. One of the things I do too is, you know, we use the reverse brown pen and we can look for how she moves and, and utilizing her hind end better and, and raised back using her hind end. All the pieces that can be part of helping her to use proper, you know, mechanics, biomechanics. So that was excellent. And we're going to go the other direction. Okay, let's go this way. Good girl. Okay, walk on. And she's walking. I'm going to let her go around a whole thing. And again, it's kind of just warming her up as part of it, but getting her thinking about it a little bit. Good. And there I clicked and I'm running over to feed her again. Good, good girl. All righty. And 
I'm going to ask, trot. There we go. And she's trotting. So she went from the standstill right to the trot. And that's great. She's trotting around. And that's really good. And walk. Good. Now she's And ho. Perfect. So I click there. And I'm running over to feed. And I feel like she kind of, she's in the program. She knows this behavior. And she's on board. You know, so she's in a good place. She's doing what we're asking. So I think this is great. So I am going to put her halter on her first. So I'm doing this completely at liberty at this first part. So now I'm going to just put the halter on and ask her to walk with me again. And so there you go. Dip your nose. Good girl. Good girl. Okay. So that's perfect. And good. All right. So now I'm stepping into the circle again and she's just standing. I'm going to go click and feed her right now. Because I like that I walked away and she uh, just, it, she does this great, but it, I don't want to take it for granted. She just stayed put. You know, she didn't walk on. She didn't anticipate trotting. She just stood there as I got to the center and just stood straight on the circle. So that was perfect. I'm going to run out there and feed her for that one. Good. So that's really good. So that's one of those early bridges. Like I just, it doesn't always have to be the movement or the big thing. Sometimes I go, you know, that little piece, I, I appreciate that you're good at that. So I just up and told her that, thank you, essentially. All right. So she's got that on. Can you walk on? Okay. She's walking on. No big deal. I'm going to click. I'm going to reinforce. And this isn't so much about um, reinforcing again. This isn't so much about how she's moving this time. This is more to say, can you practice this behavior? So when we shift context, remember, we just talked about this in our last lesson. As we shift one piece of the context, we may lose behavior or lose criteria. So I anticipate that she might not be as good as she normally is because she has these other things to think about. So far, she seems normal and fine, but she's just walking on. I'm not so worried about how she's trotting at this next part. And the first part I was, I was paying attention to be sure I was clicking when she was trotting like I like, because that's a criteria that has been built up and Marsha's done a lot of work on that. And so that was great. But now as I introduce a lunge line, I'm not so worried about how she goes. I'm, I'm worried about we can bring that criteria back up. I want her to get the idea of staying on that same circle out there and not coming into the center, not worrying about it, not panicking because of it. One of the things when I work with horses in problem situations, a lot of times people will say, well, it must not have been that big of a deal because the transition is so seamless. And I think that that is... It's because I don't want to get them to say no. I want them to say yes, 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 all the way through. So it looks very seamless and smooth without a lot of mistakes being made. That is be, by design. I'm hoping that I set everybody up for success. So the next step is not that big a deal. But sometimes you go back and, and you go, well, that was a lot bigger than I thought it was. Because sometimes what we think and what they think are different. So I just have to ask the question and I want to go slow enough that I think I'm going to get the right answer. So here we go. And I'm going to ask her to trot just with a halter on. And then I'm going to go ahead and hook the, the lunge line. Okay. Broadway trot. And she's trotting and that's great. I'm going to click and I'm going to reinforce. She doesn't even need to go very long in this one right now. It's more her getting the idea. So that was perfect. I'm going to go the other direction for a second because sometimes 
one direction is very different from the other. So I'm making sure just with the halter on that it doesn't feel that big a deal. Now, again, I think the halter is very minimally something different. I think the lunge line will be a bigger something different. So this I'm just kind of reminding her as I introduce this one little piece, I that she can still do it with this equipment on. Okay, and walk on. And trot. And I click and I'm going to reinforce her for that. So that's good. I'm going to give her a couple handfuls for that because I appreciate that. And I now have the lunge line. And I'm going to go over and I'm going to click it up on her. There we go. All right. Now I'm going to, I'm right beside her right now. As I start to move to the, the middle, She's going to feel pressure on her head that she's not used to feeling. So if I can get a step or two back without her turning towards me, I'll be quite happy because she may be thinking I should follow that lunge line and follow the person with the lead rope, essentially. You know, to her, it's just a big, giant lead rope. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to back out right away. I'm going to start her walking on the lunge line. And I'm not going to go right to the middle. I'm going to have her walking on the lunge line. In the very beginning when I did the reverse round pen, when we first did it, I didn't, I didn't go right to the middle. I started where I was kind of near them and then eventually faded to the middle. So I'm going to take a step back in training to remind her, I'm going to go back to the building blocks that built this behavior so I can really set her up for success. So walk on. And as she's walking, I raise my hand up and I'm drifting a little bit towards the center. When I mean a little bit, I mean like two feet. Great. And she's still walking and I'm in the center. So that's great. I click and I'm going to go feed her for that one. So I'm utilizing the steps that first taught this behavior. Took a step back there to help remind her. And that was great. And she handled that very well. And so I could start to fade myself again, like I originally did. But I use a very familiar exercise of going back to those steps to help her know what she's supposed to do. Because with clarity it comes relaxation and clarity is our best friend. I want her to be relaxed with this, to know what to do and not to create uncertainty or frustration or her trying to overthink it. So that was perfect. I'm going to start kind of with her again. Okay, here we go. Broadway, walk on. Okay, so she's walking and I faded myself a little bit. So now I'm kind of like three feet from the edge and trot. Perfect. I'm, I'm bridging that right now and reinforcing it. So that was great. She went to a trot and I could, you know what I watched you guys, I watched her eyes. So I could see her eyes weren't thinking, what is that thing? I could tell her eyes were thinking I'm going forward. I could see her calm expression, just moving on. She was focusing on staying on her circle. So that was really, really nice. And so I clicked that because at first I could see her paying a little bit too much attention to me, like almost looking at me a little bit. And then she let go of that and kind of thought I'm going into my routine, which was really nice. And that's what I want her to do. I don't want her to overthink it. So that was really good. Okay. We're going to go the other direction. So she's done chewing now. So we're going to start again. I'm going to start right next to her. Just like I did the other direction. Walk on. That's great. And she's walking. And then I'm going to kind of start fading myself. 
and she looks good. She looks like she's got it. She knows her routine and that I'm not that big a deal. So I'm going to step back further to the center. Not, not the whole way to the center. I'm like now four feet away from her and that's great. And that's going good. And trot. And she's trotting. And now I faded to like six feet away from her and she's still trotting. And I'm going to bridge her right there. So I clicked because I, she did great. She was doing really, really well with that. Now, you know what? That's all I'm really going to do with her for, no, I'm going to do one more time. Don't get greedy trainer syndrome like I am right now, but I'm going to do one more and see if we can't go into the trot right away with me a few feet away. Cause I kept starting up close and just a couple feet away. So I fed her and that's great. I'm going to fade myself to the center. And that means I got to let out the, the lunge line a little bit. And then I'm going to say Broadway and trot and excellent. So she's going, she's going nicely. She's just focusing on what she's doing and I'm going to click and feed. And so that was perfect. Now I couldn't have asked for that. Hang on a second, feeding her a couple handfuls. I couldn't have asked for that to go better. I really appreciated that she is, um, that she really did just focus and stay with the routine she knew. So that was really good because a lot of times if you go too fast or too much, and we do sometimes, I she really could have followed the, the lead rope and me backing or letting the lead rope out and staying with me a little bit and being a little too focused on it. But she really wasn't. And I think that had a lot to do with her being quite relaxed and familiar with this exercise. So I did the best I could for helping to set her up for success. Now, just because I think I set her up for success doesn't mean we always do. So this one was pretty seamless, but I'm going to tell you, I've had a ton that aren't pretty seamless. So, so if it's not going seamless for you, don't worry about take steps back. It doesn't matter. Don't hesitate to take the steps back, go to the building blocks that built the behavior in the first place. Take a little tiny bit. It doesn't have to be a big bit. If you get a little bit, say, that's great. And let them, let them process that. So I'm going to end it with her right now. I'm going to go give her her jackpot and let her eat that. And then I'm going to go put her away and I'll put my stuff away and I'll get reorganized. I want you to finish up where you are and what you're doing and then come meet me back in the classroom and we will go over our homework and what, where, where do we go from here? Okie dokie. So we're going to have uh, our homework because homework, of course, is very important. We don't end here. We have a ways to go. So we'll talk about what you can do. One of the things that people ask all the time is what do I feed my horse? What can I feed my horse? And you want to feed them something healthy, something that's part of their diet. One of the things I use all the time is cavalier feed, which is what they get fed, or cavalier crunchies, which is a really a, a great treat per se, but it's it's like a healthy treat, but don't tell them. <laughs> so let's learn more about Cavalier. As we progress through the clicker training exercises, we talk about feeding the horse each time you use the clicker. Sometimes, most of the time, I use feed, but sometimes I use treats. And I love the Cavalier feed and the Cavalier treats because they use the highest quality ingredients. I can feed a lot of it, and I know it's healthy and a safe alternative to the highly processed feeds. So I think it's important that we can feel really comfortable about feeding a lot of the feed without 
think you are loading them down with sugar. And that's what you get with Cavalor. With the Cavalor feeds, you can also actually see the ingredients. So it looks like a cereal you and I would eat. And in fact, I've tasted it and it's pretty good. <laughs> and the best part is Cavalor's team is easy to work with. You can reach out to them through their website or Facebook page and a real life person will call you back to personally talk through your horse's nutritional needs. Learn more about the products at www.cavalor.us or reach out to them through their Facebook page, Cavalor North America. You'll be glad you did. All righty. So the homework, I think it is going to be pretty simple. I mean, Broadway, what I'm going to do is continue on and do this build up with more time and really start to fade the things I needed to do to prep her for this session. The next session, I will prep her a little bit so she knows what it is. And to remind her, we're doing the reverse round pen. You know this so well. And then I will go back into using the lunge line and do, but do a little more of the lunge line, take it up to the canter, have the trot, more trot. And, and that's where I'll go. The next time, if that all goes well, the time before the time after that, I will go directly to the lunge line. So I'm starting to fade out the pieces I did to help set her up for success and thinking, I think you could do this now. I will also then, uh, after I get that part worked out, another piece I'm going to do is start introducing holding something in my hand. So it's a little bit longer. My hand is a little bit longer and that's going to be my step up towards working with the being able to carry a lunge whip if I needed to. Again, not for motivating her, not for not for a driving thing, but just to have her used to seeing one and not being worried about it. We have, meanwhile, worked on, she's not afraid of the lunge whip outside of a lunging situation for sure. So she knows what a lunge, she knows she's familiar with that piece of equipment. She's seen it. We can touch her with it everywhere. She's not worried about that. But in the lunging situation, it may feel different to her. We don't know. So I'm going to start with just holding something in my hand, something shorter, and then graduate up to something bigger. Now, this was this specific behavior that we're working with. So I want you to think of the behaviors that you're working with and how can you build that up and, and taking it to different places in different situations. Okay, I'm doing it at this one place. I'm doing it the reverse round pen where we have it set up. Can I do it when it looks really solid in that arena that I've done it at from the get-go? Can I do it cold turkey in the indoor arena? Can I do it in the lunging arena? So I will then start testing that I can do it in other areas and solidifying that behavior. So that would be the same thing with the behaviors that you're working on. You start by setting them up for success and, and then you build on it. And when it's solid, you build on it. And remember, you don't want to move forward to the next step until the, the previous step is solid and you feel like it's really where it should be. So you don't move forward until it's solid because it's it still needs work where it is and then, then move forward. So I think that's an important piece that we always need to think of and needing to go back and use the pieces that were the building blocks. That's no sweat. That's don't hesitate to do that. And it could be that you go from this place to this place and it's great. And then you do it in this place and it's great. And then you go to another place and it all falls apart. It's okay. It just means something is maybe more distracting. Who cares? Just to help set them up for success again and use those building blocks and get them back on track. So as always, it is practice, 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 and just keep 
testing it in different situations, shifting the context is really important and, and a part that will help us. All right. So that's it for your homework. And, and this can go on and on and on. And you may move to one piece of equipment, then another piece of equipment, then another piece of equipment. So, so, so carry on with that, you guys. All right. So you can listen to this podcast. You can listen on most of your favorite podcast players. You can also listen on horse radio network app on for the iPhone or your Android devices. Um, just search Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free. It's easy to use, obviously. And be sure to visit all of the great shows that are part of the Horse Radio Network. And you can visit them at www.horseradionetwork.com. And there's something for everybody there. Different disciplines, fun stuff, serious stuff. I mean, it's all kind of serious. Well, maybe horses in the morning isn't as serious, but there's tons of things. Horses in the morning is a fun show and there's all kinds of things, different discipline, different interests, different, different people all over the place. So it's a great thing to go search through and find some things that you like. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to www.on-target-training.com. You can also look up, you can search shawnacarish.com and you'll definitely find me. And you'll also find Vianova. Vianova Training Center is where I am based out of. And it is the Positive Reinforcement Training Center the first of its kind in the world in a working barn and a place where we have, uh, we go out into the world and teach, but we also have people come in and learn things. So to find out what we're doing and what we're up to, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. When you get to the website, you will find that newsletter and on my website, which will be part of the Via Nova one very soon. You can also find my ask Shauna questions and, and, and you can submit questions and you can listen to them through the YouTube channel, or you can also find my podcast there. So that's it. That's all I've got for now. And until next time, enjoy getting your horse on target. Bye-bye. 